Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. I'm really excited to bring you Bill Murphy. He is the chairman and co-founder of the Gold Antitrust Action Committee called GATA at GATA.org. And he's also the founder of a wonderful online cafe. It's called La Metropole Cafe, and it's a cyberspace cafe for gold investors. He has a background on Wall Street. He worked for Shearson Haydenstone, also Drexel Burnham in the Futures Department. And he and his co-founder, Chris Powell, have taken on one of the toughest, most extensive investigations into what has happened to the gold and why is the gold around the world being suppressed as a price. They found out that the Fed has a secret gold swap arrangement with foreign banks, that the Treasury claims the right to seize gold, silver, and everything else, that there's a clear antitrust case here. He took this on as a lawsuit, and he's going to talk a little bit about that. Basically, his premise is that you cannot understand the real gold price and metals prices if you do not understand how and why the market is fixed and the gold prices are being suppressed. You have no relational understanding about it. He's been right all along. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Bill Murphy to It's Rainmaking Time. Good morning. Good morning, Kim. Thank you. I'd really like you to talk about the case that you and Chris Powell brought forward and what came out of this case. Describe it for the people who are not familiar with you. Well, we sued the Fed under the Freedom of Information Act to get to find out what they're doing in the gold market, and we asked for a bunch of things, and the judge ruled in the Fed's favor, and most things are that they don't have to release it. Of course, if you're not doing anything, they say they're not doing anything in the gold market. If 8,100 8, tons plus just sitting there, if there's, and nothing's ever gone on with it, then what is there not to talk about? What is there 10 or 11 items that we asked for? Uh, about documents in which they're not allowed to disclose it. But we did win uh, one particular point, and if the Fed Act, the judge had the Fed sent us a check for about $2,800, which we framed, of course, uh, uh, regarding gold, gold swap agreements. And, and in fact, uh, they won't get into it, but, but by their answer, I mean, they admit to having some sort of arrangements with other banks. And, I mean, it's it's right there for anybody to see. So, uh we have the potential of uh, doing the same thing again, this time with the Treasury or State Department, the Fed, and so on. But we we're, we're need to get some uh, a bunch of money put together to do it, so uh, it doesn't come cheap. But we're on the case still. It's a very bold thing that you both did. Weren't you scared at some point? I mean, seriously, you're standing up to the ultimate, ultimate powers. Well, that that's, it's funny you say that. That's my colleague Chris Powell says. We're taking on the richest, most powerful people in the world. And, you know, we've been uh, doing it for since uh, January of 1999 and uh, making a lot of progress. I mean, there's a lot more people today, especially after this LIBOR scandal in London where the London interbank uh, market, uh, they found out they've been manipulating it for about 20 years and, and, uh, and so with a lot of the same banks that we're seeing are rigging the gold price. So we're making a lot of progress. It takes um, uh, It's slow going in the sense that the mainstream investment world just doesn't want to go there no matter how much evidence we come up with but uh yeah we've had some uh incidents i got beat up and car was stolen website hacked about 10 11 years ago and andrew mcguire our whistleblower in london 
gave us information we read on the internet in front of a CFTC hearing about more JP Morgan rigging the silver market. He was run over the next day with his wife, helicopter chase, and something out of a James Bond movie. They found they, they caught the guy. Did he live or die? Pardon? No, they both were fine. His wife was to be was hurt more seriously than Andrew was, but I mean it was a big deal. The guy hit two cars trying to get away. I <laughs> mean, it really is like a like one of these things out of a movie. But you know, right now I think it would do the. It would do them more. Uh, uh, it would be worse for them if something ever happened to us versus uh, just trying to ignore us, uh, which is what they—that's their modus operandi. Here's the question: If, in fact, most of us do not understand how the gold prices are being manipulated and suppressed, and everything is relational, and we can't really understand what's happening in the gold world if we don't understand that, since that's the case. Maybe that's partly to account for why a lot of traditional investors are maybe in ETFs and not really in actual physical gold itself. Well, some of the ETFs are good, like spot asset management. We have, uh, gets in, it's a long subject about, you know, uh, dubious questions about, there's some questions about how the uh, the two major ones operate because they're short, the biggest shorts in the market. I mean, uh, whether it's GLD and gold, SLV and silver. And uh, there's nothing in their agreements that prevents them from using the gold people investing in to uh, use it to uh, go to the short side of the market. So it, that's, you know, you know it's, a, it's a pretty big subject. But, uh, uh, you know, having physical gold in possession, of course, is the, is the safest and best way to go because we don't know what's going to happen in the future when this whole thing blows up, which we, we think it will uh, in the years ahead. Have you heard anything about the Vatican gold? No. <laughs> I'll bet you enough. that's a story. <laughs> yeah, we have enough of our own to handle, so we uh, stick with what we know. Who are the people that report on the growth of gold? How much gold is actually circulating and around actual? Well, it's, it's, there's different people do it, but basically we've disagreed from the establishment people, which are called Goldfield Mineral Services and some other people are out there. Jeff Christian and his operation, and, and, and that they don't account for the gold and silver used to suppress the price and their supply-demand numbers. That's how Gata got started in 1999. We Talk realized through the work of a guy named Frank Venerosa who wrote the 1998 Gold Book Annual that showed that the gold loans back then, which central banks uh, loan out to uh, bullion banks who sell it and use the proceeds and to fund their operations, could have been as high as 8,000 tons out of a Supposedly 32,000 tons um, in, in the central banks, so that's 25%. And that was not accounted for in the supply-demand numbers. And, of course, it's helped us understand the market all these years. And we knew back at back then at the turn of the century that gold was going to have to go way, way, way up to ration supply. And, of course, gold's gone up 12 years in a row. And uh, it's been a managed retreat by this gold cartel. They realized in 2001 that they... The, they were eating up too much of their supply. They had to retreat, and that's what they're they're doing and continue to do. And the big price explosions are still ahead of us. What is the actual function that the central banks have taken to suppress the gold price? Give us an example. Well, uh, there, well part of it I just touched on, and they'll, they'll borrow gold from central banks surreptitiously, uh, other people knowing it, and sell it in the marketplace so it adds to supply and suppresses the price. Uh, which is why we're getting down to the point where we don't think that they have a whole lot left to continue to do this for too much longer. And then they can they bomb the market uh, collectively or, or uh, you know, 
at orchestrated raid times where they go after the in the futures market they go after people who have positions and have stops in the market and they get technical systems to sell and they raid it and clean some people out for a period of time either a short period of time or a longer period of time then it goes right back up again uh but in the meantime they can make quite a bit of money uh in one raid i mean the gold fix on friday the pm fix in london was uh uh 1767 and then on the low yesterday gold was at 1727 that's a 40 dollar drop in a matter of hours worth of uh, trading in two days on the comex so they can fleece the, the <laughs> even by being sure on the way up that they can they can make some huge gains by uh, taking the specs out now of course then they get into the where they have real problems when the physical market firm, firms up and they have to retreat faster than they want to. Let me ask you about the antitrust part. Why is it that the case that you and Chris and Gata took to court, most of it was thrown out except that one part? What did they say to you? Well, it's just that the, the, the judge doesn't rule that we're, we're wrong. He just says that the, that the Fed has the right to keep these things secret. Uh, but we, as we said, if they're not doing anything, what is there to keep secret? This is just like a, what an oxymoron. Doesn't make any sense. But that, that's how the, the the judge rules. I mean, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, taking on the rich and powerful. One of our guys, Reg Howe, in two thousand one, in Boston federal court, took on the, the Fed, the Treasury, the Bank for International Settlements, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Deutsche Bank. About ten people. It was him against all these lawyers lined up in their fancy suits, one against ten, and. The judge threw his case out, but he didn't dismiss one thing Reg Howe said that making it, that it was a frivolous suit. In other words, he didn't say anything that Reg claims Reg claimed was wrong. Not one thing. He just said that Reg didn't have the proper legal standing to bring the case further. And what would the legal standing require? It, 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 well, it would just mean that he, he needed to be, be more of an injured party. A Reg, it's complicated, but Reg was a a shareholder in the bank for international settlements, and uh, they were taking it, uh, they were ousting the private shareholders from his investment he's had a long time, and he used that to bring the suit. Red is a former, uh, uh, is a lawyer himself and from Harvard Law and had his own practice and so on, so uh, he wasn't afraid to take them on, and he did. Very, very gutsy. So many people have a concern to get involved in actual gold. Some people have said, well, the price goes up, the price goes down. But as you said, it's gone up for 12 years. Why is it that there's a perception in the market that it's volatile? Is that a myth? Well, that's the funny would say that because, yeah, you, you can't get a more consistent market return over a period of the year, uh, over a period of years than you've had in gold. I mean, Dow's done nothing and gold keeps going up every year. I mean, it's... If you look at it in a bigger picture, it's the least, most least volatile trending investment, I think, of all time. No other investment in history has ever done this. But during the period of those times when we have these raids I'm talking about, uh, the, the, the price can drop sharply. Uh, and it rattles people, and uh, people trade in the futures market like they don't as much in the stock market, or that's what the gold and silver are known for quite a bit. So... That means there's a lot more volatility because of the margin they can use. And, and so people have a perception that it's so volatile. But as we just said, it's been the least volatile investment in history, <laughs> if you take it over the 12-year period. 
Talk a little bit about, if you would, the Sherman Act. Well, you know, basically it's, it's to allow competition in the United States, and that's how GATA got formed, the long-term capital management, this huge hedge fund which had these, all these major investors blew up, and they were afraid it was going to blow up the system like happened years later with other major firms like Lehman blowing up and have a domino effect, and all these bullion banks were short all this gold, and long-term capital management was short, I don't know, 400 tons of gold for itself or for a major client, and they were afraid it would blow up, and they were trying to keep gold down. They were all short, and so the Fed got in and organized in antitrust faction the bullion banks to keep the price below 300 for a while till they could work this uh, position off of long-term capital management. That's what they did. And the irony is we had a big stink with long-term capital management there with their senior counsel, wrote us letters, and we went back and forth. And we had just had a conference last year in London in August, and who was one of our speakers but that very guy, Jim Rickards. <laughs> and we, if we were wrong... You can bet your bottom dollar we were a bunch of wackos. He would not have come all the way to London to speak at our conference. Very interesting. How does the Sherman Act relate to the Clayton Act? What's the distinction? You got me. Okay. <laughs> I just know the essence of what the Act is about in the sense of fostering competition and not to allow major firms like I'm talking about uh, uh rig markets and or orchestrate their price movements to benefit themselves at the expense of the general public. So in essence, are banks like J.P. Morgan Chase proxies for the U.S. government? Well, and the, Goldman? The, the Morgan's the Fed's bank. The Goldman Sachs, as people may know, is pretty much the Treasury's operation, I mean, not operation, but bank in the sense that you know, people, all kinds of people go from Goldman Sachs to the Treasury. It's happened for the last 20 years, and there's a direct pipeline, so they get that information they want to know from the Treasury, just the way it is. The Treasury claims the right to seize gold, silver, and everything. Is that really true? Uh, Chris Powell, my colleague, gets into that, he, and we had a letter from uh, our attorney or from the Treasury itself, but they have the, it's, it's, on, it's official, they have a right to seize anything, and that's what they told us. That's not just gold and silver. They can seize anything they want. It's frightening. <laughs> we have that. If people go to the, you know, somewhere in our in our God of Files, Chris Powell has it written down someplace. I mean, we, this this is not just uh, hearsay on our part, or just you know throwing stuff out there. No, this is this is the, this is the way it is. I understand that Putin's economic advisor was at one of your conferences, and that the Russians are watching the Gold Antitrust Action Committee. Gata and are paying close attention to what your observations are and what your expertise is. How do you feel about that? Well, it's fact. Uh, Oleg Montikov, the number two guy at the Russian Central Bank, started talking about Gata in 2004. Is the only words he mentioned in English at a big bullion conference in London, which stunned all the people there. They couldn't believe it. I think one of his great expressions was uh, 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 the, the something is was one of their great poems. Uh, the, the giraffe is tall and he sees it all. <laughs> and he referred to Gata. And then a year later, Andrei Baikov, an economic consultant of President Putin, came to our conference in Dawson City in the Yukon, a great guy. Uh, two days later, the price of gold exploded. Uh, President Putin was then seen with a gold bar in his hand, uh, which I never, never saw before. And then Andrei Baikov came back to our conference in London uh, 
uh, in 2011. You know, what was that, uh, six years later, uh, last August. And uh, it was great to see him again. Yes, the Russians pay close attention to Gata. I've had three conference calls with the uh, Chinese Investment Corporation, which is their one of their two sovereign wealth funds. And the Chinese have paid very close attention to Gata. Uh, they know what's going on in the gold market in terms of what the United States has done in these bullion banks. Uh, and by the way, initially we thought it was just the bullion banks. Then we realized, as we got into it, it was involved the Fed, the Treasury, Exchange Stabilization Fund, Bank for International Settlements, Bank of England. It was much bigger than we thought. That's how big your courage is for the both of you to do what you're doing. I mean, it's a network. It's not only a cabal, but it's a concert of action. Well, you, you, yes, no, but that's what we do. And quite frankly, we got a lot of great supporters. I mean, Eric Sprott of Sprott Asset Management, John Embry. These are big-time names in the business. And the Mr. Gold of South Africa, Peter George, Hugo Salinas Price, the Mr. Silver of Mexico. Uh, Jim Sinclair spoke at our conference. He's the Mr. Gold in the U.S., uh, you know, James Turk of Goldman. I mean, we have really respectable people that are highly thought of that are staunch supporters. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. No matter what the state of the economy is, there will always be time-honored traditions and special events. The Sterling Hut has been in business since 2008, offering a wide range of fantastic sterling silver products, including finely crafted mint julep cups, personalized baby shower gifts, photo albums, exquisite jewelry boxes and awards, and so much more. The Sterling Hut is an authorized Silver Star international reseller of fine silver products and anniversary gifts. The business is owned by Jewel and Bob Howard. If you would be interested in buying someone a gift of pure sterling silver or sterling plated silver, you can call 1-888-819-1009. Get a 15% discount by going to the Sterling Hut. The Sterling, S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G, Hut, H-U-T, dot com, and saying it's rainmaking time. They will honor a 15% discount for you. Beautiful sterling silver gifts for all of life's occasions manufactured in Italy and handcrafted by skilled artisans. They can also be engraved in sterling picture frames, oval and rectangular silver trays, champagne ice buckets, silver goblets, coffee and tea service, coffee pots, silver mugs, candelabras, and silver jewelry unrivaled in design and style. Go to the Sterling Hut at sterlinghut.com and back to the show. What do you think China's position is in gold today? Well, contrary to the U.S., they're fostering citizens buying it. They've been doing this for years. They've been buying quietly behind the scenes, not just gold, but other other metals. And uh, they're taking the draining the gold out of the West, going to the East. And what we, meanwhile, all we do is print money. We've got no solution environments in Europe and the United States to our fiscal problems. And printing money is going to be what we're, where we're going to go to. Even more than it's done now, there's no other way out. They know this, and they think big picture, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And they've been buying and buying and buying, as the Russians have. And you know, we probably don't have half the gold we say they have. Maybe we have a third of ours left. It's a sad situation, but it's getting worse. I'm sure that China, Japan, India, Russia are heavily in it. And well, I know the Russians and the Chinese are, and of course the Indians have been known as the 
big bars for years, at least as far as their, their citizenry is concerned. It's part of their culture. What do you think of Germany's position in gold? No, I don't know. I don't, we don't get into it too much, except we don't know whether what Germany has or doesn't have and whether it's been swapped with the U.S. and sold. It's a, it's a complicated issue. Uh, we got into it many years ago. It's, we have reasons to believe that you know we swapped 1,700 tons of gold with Germany and so on, but it's behind-the-scenes stuff, which we think we're right on it, but we don't know for sure. Now, is a gold swap contractual, or is gold taken and sent somewhere in exchange for something well, else? It can come different ways. Basically, if the United States wants to suppress the price, we can't sell gold in the United States without an act of Congress. However, there's nothing in our charters that we couldn't swap our gold with Germany and sell their gold, which means we owe it to them. So that's how you could have, you know, but the idea would be to take the gold and put it in the physical marketplace to suppress the price because you need that supply if you're going to do something like that. So that's why we're interested in gold swap agreements with other countries. What is the London gold pool and what are London gold pool shorts? Explain it. The London gold pool was something in the 60s. But if you're talking about what's going on today in London, you have the, the London fix, the PM fix. We have gold dealers. I think there's five of them that get together and set the gold price in the morning, an official price called the AM fix. Um, and an, and um, then something later on in the day called the PM fix, in which 90% of all the pricing of gold is is based on. So the PM fix is a very important number because that's where all the contracts are there. If you want to do a deal in gold, you tie it usually to the PM fix. So um, they get together and set the price based on their orders and supply and demand. Do you think that shorting the market in the futures area on gold is impacting the real price of gold? It does at times, sure. Just like I mentioned, uh, what happened on Monday. I mean, they just crashed the thing. The dollar didn't do anything. No other markets did anything, really, except gold and silver just were crashed. And they, they did it when uh, the physical market was pretty much closed from Friday afternoon to Monday morning after that, when I just mentioned the PM fix, and when the market was vulnerable and they just attacked it and got some other people to sell and so on. So, yes, but in the end, as we've seen for 12 years, they can they can really impact it short term and change some thinking. But in the end, the physical market rules and they have to retreat. Do you see a day, Bill, where the demand is so much more than the supply that the supply is tapped out? Yeah, exactly. That's what's coming. Right now, there's how do anybody in the market? If you ask the average person in America, I mean, uh, I don't know, maybe one in a hundred has a gold silver investment. Uh, you can ask your friends. Well, the people people are not in it. They don't they don't go there. They don't think that way. They don't understand what's going on because best uh, and people don't want to talk about it. Because usually, if gold's going up, it's bad for business. It usually means say, higher interest rates or a crisis or bad for the markets and. Uh, too much inflation, so gold's a no-no for most people, especially the advisors who, who, who suggest people what they should do to make money. But at some point, it'll be so out of control that everyone's going to want in. That's when you'll have your $100 up days in gold. Won't it be too late at a certain point for the Not average person? Not to make any serious money, except maybe to protect your money, because who knows what could happen. I mean, I might think... in. Uh, September, August of 2005, the conference goal was 436. I said it was going to go to three to 5,000 to clear the market. Now that looks conservative to some people. And at some point, yes. It, but, I mean, I could think it's, it's uh, 
it's high at 5,000 and it goes to 10,000. Who knows what it could do with what we see coming here. So I suppose it's, you know, if you, at some point it'll be good to uh, take some money off the table, but always have some gold in case it's just going to keep going and going and going. But we have a long way to go before people have to worry about that. Do you think that we'll ever be back to any type of a gold standard? Oh, above my pay grade, I don't worry. God is all about having a free market. When it comes to the gold standard, what it would mean? It's complicated, for, even from where we come from, because that would mean you'd really have to do a thorough audit of what our gold is, and we don't think that the gold's there, and that opens up a whole can of worms. So <laughs> I don't know what it would do or not do, but uh, right now, all GADA cares about, we have a free market. I hear you. When you first started GADA, your goal was to what? You want wanted... to expose the manipulation of the of the gold market and do something what we could to stop it. That's simple. Do you feel after the court cases defeated in any way that you can't stop it? No, actually, we're making great. You know, never progress you want to make, but you know, we made our case, and we certainly have a lot more followers today than we did when we started. And as each year goes by, people realize more and more how right we are. You can just see it the way the market trades, and we've got it twelve years worth of evidence of it. 13 years. I mean, it just all adds up. It's like a murder trial. You have one thing after another, and if you had a jury out there, uh, they would come up to no other conclusion but guilty as charged and give these people a death penalty. I mean, that's how much evidence we have, and a lot of it you have to take the time to look it over because it's, uh, you know, it's not always so simplistic. I mean, but uh, they said this LIBOR scandal involving the big major banks of major market manipulation, I mean, now is is fact, and the world accepts that. What's the problem with understanding with what, what we come up with? I don't see any problem understanding it. Apparently... No, no, you don't, but, but the mainstream uh, in financial world does, and they don't want to even mention our name. Not even mention our name. I was on CNBC February 1999, and the U.S. has been banned ever since. Bill, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like a computer, but you have a parallel processing unit. And one of the processors, you have the traditional financial system with the traditional financial propaganda and instruments, okay? And then in the other processing unit, you have this whole system's contextual relational understanding that includes gold and silver and the metals, and that's where you're standing. And as you look into the traditional media, they are in the other processing unit in the computer. That's right. I don't think it's just deliberate intent not to have you. It's also ignorance. Remember that financial planners, CPAs, rarely discuss with their clients inflation or the loss of purchasing power. It's not even part of the traditional education. That's right. So if it's missing in the advisors, it's missing in the consultants, it's missing with financial planners, it's missing with the people that are spouting out what they think is important in this other system, it's not part of the paradigm in which they're transmitting. So that's why you're missed if you're missed. And the second thing is more people in the mainstream who are becoming more financially minded and interested to better understand what's going on are going to be more receptive to your and Chris's work. The other thing is if all this evidence is there and the prices are in fact suppressed, what do we do now? Well, simple from our standpoint, you buy gold and silver whenever it gets knocked down. Uh, I think that the, the gold-silver shares have been a nightmare for many people, myself included, for the past number of years. For whatever reasons, it's complicated, but they have just way underperformed and are back in a way to 10 years ago levels. 
at some point to be a mania. They're going to just explode when when this pump when the herd comes in. Um, there'll be ten and twenty baggers there when when this when that when the psychology changes. So there's a lot of things that people can do. And are you a big investor yourself? Oh sure. Do you travel a lot in Europe? Um, no, I mean I did, I go to conferences like I said in London, and uh, I'm going to a, a New Orleans next week and Vancouver in January. So I mean. I make the round, just came back from Toronto. I bet you saw James Turk there. James Turk wasn't actually uh, there. He lives in Spain in the, this time of year, so. Uh, but we saw him in London, and he looks great. <laughs> I have a question about the mining and the speed at which the metals are being mined. I think it was a few years ago you had said there's some really neat opportunities in mining for leveraging. That's why I say about the yeah. shares, and that's been an absolute horror show in many cases it's again it's complicated but they're just they're they're still for the most part lackluster people ran away from the whole sector and again there's a number of reasons for it but at some point that will change uh but there's been a big dichotomy between the shares and actual gold and silver itself what's the next objective for gata do you have like a two-year goal saving our conference which many people said was the finest they'd ever been to everything just seemed to go right uh we're looking at if we can get enough money to go back and try to get more information out of the, the Fed, the Treasury, or the State Department with freedom of information uh, action. So, well, we've got to probably put together about fifty grand before we can do that because you know the lawyers got to make their money to get the job done. You remember when Bernanke was asked about the bailout and he had to answer that all of those billions of dollars were in credit default swaps, and they said, "What credit default swaps?" And he said, "I don't have to tell you that." Even with all the money, I don't know how you're going to get the feds to talk about anything. Well, we see what we can do, and that's up to a judge. The judge can compel them to do things like they did with the one document that they had to respond to, and also they had to pay us money for it. So it's not hopeless. We've already won one uh, uh, one aspect of our of our proceeding. So there's no reason if we get the right judge and the and then get to the right questions, we can't do it again, except in a much bigger way. I was at your Gata conference in 2008, and it was extremely stimulating and a lot of fun, and I met great people there, and I really enjoyed it, and I hope that the listeners will consider going. It's really an experience. Well, thank you very much, Kim, and uh, I know the people that around us uh, are uh, interesting people, fun, and uh, in many cases, very astute. And from all over the world, people come, I noticed. They were from Europe and from Asia. It wasn't just from the United States. Oh, yeah, there. the one in London. We were there, 400 people there from 38 countries. Talk a little bit about La Metropole Cafe. Talk about your initial vision of it. When I started, the Internet was really getting going, and it was about taking the kind of things we're talking about where the, you wouldn't hear in the mainstream and putting it up at this uh, website, where, which like the old days in Paris, where La Metropole, where they, the cafe, where they... People like Hemingway and Dos Passos and James Joyce would go to find out what was really going along and talk about what was really happening versus what they couldn't get elsewhere. So that was the initial concept behind the thing. And, of course, now the Internet has changed, so there's, there's almost too much information on the Internet. You have to be selective where you're going to spend your time because you could just read forever and ever and ever and get a zillion different ideas. And I mean, everybody, for example, I've met in... Uh, uh, part of the Gata camp I met on the internet. So, but anyway, I just we do a commentary and I do a commentary on gold and silver and the financial markets every day and what's going on and news and 
have had a constant stream of thinking from the goddess standpoint since we started, and oh, that's what I do. I write it every day, and for some people, it's very valuable. For others, that's, it's not for them. It's up to uh, every each individual what they're, they're most interested in. Were you inspired in Paris to create this? <laughs> no, I just got the idea that it would make sense of, of, of something a little different. And like I said, back then, there was not even hardly any gold sites. I mean, there was a very few. Now there are a bunch of popped up all over the place. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. I just want to take a minute or two and share with you that we really appreciate you listening and sharing with your friends and loved ones and colleagues. And if you like the show, show it. Write something really cool, really nice on It's Rainmaking Time at iTunes. We have our own store there. And like our Facebook page. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, feel free to do that. We send a bi-monthly newsletter out. And if you like it, share it with all your friends. Another thing we wanted to share with you is that somebody stepped in and started to do transcriptions for us. We have some transcriptions already done. If you would be interested, please drop us a line. We will be posting the transcriptions that are ready for sale. That's another way to assist the show. And for those of you who are in a position to donate $10 a month or $20 a month or more, please do so. Action speaks louder than words. We appreciate you. And thanks again for listening to It's Rainmaking Time. And back to the show. The detractors out there who have taken issue with what you're doing or what your findings are, what is their issue with Gata? What is it? Well, most of the people don't get into too many details. I mean, they just, you know, the, the big thing is they mock the word conspiracy, which the mainstream uses to marginalize the truth. Most things are, are conspiracies. I mean, uh, and all that is is price rigging or disinformation put out to, to, to achieve certain objectives. Um, I mean, it, it's common. I mean, that just means that two, two or more people get together uh, and sit down to orchestrate some kind of result. I mean, it's 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 the way business is done. I mean, J.P. Morgan must involved in in a price rigging uh, revelation once a week these days. The cotton market, the repo market, the electricity market, the LIBOR market. So they do business. So I mean, I just laugh at uh, how people recoil from the word conspiracy because it has such a terrible connotation for. Um, which the mainstream does on purpose because that's how they do business and that's how they marginalize people that find them out. Look at Enron, the major conspiracy that the company was loved and anybody who criticized it was flagged and fired. Forbes, I think, had it a fortune, the top U.S. company five years in a row. It was one giant conspiracy that blew up. <laughs> they rigged everything and there was a fraud. You know, there's a major rigging going on in the real estate market across America where one company has gotten into the contracts, all of the real estate contracts to separate the borrower from the property and the land records. I did two pieces on this. And one would say, if you heard that, oh, that's a conspiracy. Well, it is, <laughs> but it's also a fact. What do you well, think? Well, that's the thing is that's how they, when you do work and you find out how things are done, that, that people have conspired to to get what they want to do and don't care about even what the laws are, uh, that's how they get away with it. They, they mock you for with that word, and it's, that's very intentional. It's used to discredit, to marginalize, and also to dismiss somebody who's on the pulse of something. That's right. What do you think the effects of high-frequency trading may or may not have on the gold market? 
Well, I don't know. I mean, they don't even, it's more in the stock trading. But when it comes to the futures market, I mean, they just hit the market with sales. Yes, you can call it high-frequency trading. And I mean, that's when they do it when nobody's around, like in Asia. They knocked silver down last year, $7 in seconds. I mean, it's just, it's the same thing, actually, but it's just done in a different way. Do you think the COMEX is guilty of rigging as well? Oh, sure. I mean, it's a big boys club and been that way for years. I mean, the insiders are all the shorts and the, many of the people that have seats and influence what's going on there and have the big money behind them. And yeah, they're complicit for sure. Who do you think are the biggest players, the actual purchasers and holders of metals in the world? Well, I mean, it's these governments and there's big funds uh, that have been uh, made, made public and, and, uh, it's complicated because they're all over the place. I mean, it just, it's made some major institutions, but they're, it's pretty much selective. Don't you think the attraction to gold, Bill, has been going on for a very long time? Sure, the well, attraction, sure. the hoarding, the secrecy around gold. What is it about gold? Because it competes with what they call fiat currencies, the paper money. And it's a competitor, and, and the people in power don't like competition. So they try to denigrate it as much as they can. But they're hoarding it, and they're storing it, and they're moving it. They're big players in it. Big. Well, again, it's complicated. I mean, they're, they're the major shorts. They're the ones selling it in terms of trying to keep the price down, at least the, when it comes to the major banks. So they're and the U.S. government, they're dishoarding it. They're putting it in the marketplace and getting rid of it. Don't you think, though, that there are countries that are hoarding gold? No, well, what we mentioned. There's Russia and yeah. China. There's some yeah. other major countries that are buying it, and some major players. And people know what's coming. Yes, it's just it's just a, it's two different factions. You've got the buyers and the sellers, and basically, a lot of the banks they're all selling. I mean, they're they're the ones trying because what gold does is minor compared to their investment operations and real estate investments, stock market business deals they do, uh, interest rates. I mean. Gold's just a tiny little market as far as they're concerned. But it's a barometer of U.S. financial market health, and it's very widely watched, and it's a big deal. But it's really a relative to, you know, their other operations. It's tiny. Do you think the Renembe will become the reserve currency? Uh, probably, I would guess, in 20, 30 years. Are you in the Renembe? No. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. Do you agree with Jim Rogers that most of us should be doing business in China? Oh, that's a complicated issue. Well, probably not. Most people would probably get burnt because it's such a complicated thing. It's better probably to invest with some major money managers that know, that have experience, have been there for years, uh, maybe some kind of ETF or something. But for people that really know what they're doing, it's over my head. Have you always lived in Texas? No. Grew up in New Jersey, lived in Manhattan for 15 years. I've been here since May of 99 and like it. You're in Austin, aren't you? No, Dallas. You're in Dallas. Texas is a fun place. Yep, it's a good place, and it's an American Airlines hub here, so I can get around uh, easily to get business done and visit people and so on. What's upcoming before the year ends? You have a conference coming up next week. Well, I have a speech at the Dallas Convention Center on Saturday, and then New Orleans the following week, and then uh, in January at uh, the uh, Cambridge House Conference in Vancouver. I really want to thank you for coming on the show. I have one last question. The $264,000 full-page color advertisement, where was that placed? Wall Street Journal, January 31st, 2008. In that ad, we used what the manipulation of the mark, gold market was going to mean. We talked about coming catastrophe, disaster, what it was going to lead to. Two months later, we had the financial crisis. It could have had a 
more prescient ad and yet could got no attention from the press, no questions why we would do it, no follow-up. It was just met with silence, which is how they, God has been treated since the beginning. But boy, would we are right, and if we're right, the next crisis is going to be much bigger. When do you see that? It comes when you least expect it. You have a derivatives blow-up, which could be even going on now. It's been so long... Uh, potentially in the big banks. I know I'm getting w- rumors that there's some real problems in the major banks and that another crisis could be on the way, but we'll have to see. Is some, it's, it's like the, the Titanic. I mean, it happens out of nowhere. I mean, out of something you least expect, but it's there, and then it, it, it cascades. Do you think that the Iraqi gold is in Iraq? No idea. Can't answer that one. I hear you. You literally got no response from that ad. Pretty much, none, pretty much none. Yes, everything went quiet. It just went quiet. Just ignored it. Even after the crash, they went, I, we we pointed it out to forty members of the press. None, none even even answered the email. Do you think the press are told to shut up? Yeah, they do. It's the, the big money and power, the big advertisers, and the people were against. You want to go to a right cocktail party? You don't talk to Gata. How were you treated when you went to England? Oh, that was great. It was all our. Our crowd. I mean, it was fabulous. It actually was on CNBC. London actually got on there. They probably didn't know we were banned here in the U.S. <laughs> Do you really think you're banned or just inconvenient? No, I'm banned. I've been talking to them for 12 years, and they won't, they won't even get back to me. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, listen carefully to this. <laughs> well, I'm really... Reporters and their editors will not allow God to be mentioned. BNN, Jay Taylor, is well-known in our industry, was told by BNN not to mention Gata when he was interviewed there a month ago. Whoa. These are facts. So this really has to happen through people talking to people, going to the conference, etc. Well, the Internet's changing a lot of that. You can read, again, that's where where my website comes in, other things. You can learn the the truth about what's really going on just by getting to the right sites, whether it's my site or somebody else's. If people contribute to Gata, can they contribute in metals instead of U.S. dollars? Well, they can contribute any way they would like, yes, and we, we can use the donations to help us get the job done, yes. Do you have a, an account with Gold Money or some other agency that would... Yeah, uh, there's different ways they can do that. Yes, all they need to do is go to the GATA website on how to contribute. Okay, great. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking with, learning from, and listening to Bill Murphy, the chairman of the Gold Antitrust Action Committee and the founder of La Metropole Cafe. You can go to gata.org and you can go to La Metropole Cafe, L-E-M, like Mary, E-T-R-O-P-O-L-E, cafe.com. Bill, I really want to thank you for joining us this morning. I think that the audience has a frame of reference and they're going to go to your website. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Great question. You too. Appreciate it.